We are recording. We are live. Um, this is episode yes, twelve for the Everner podcast. Um, I'm gonna call this one. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You feel me? Um, of course, you know this. I is, like that. I like that. Of course, you're doing this uh, last dance doc. We're in collab with the one and only Nate Chambers and his new podcast. Only came up with the name and it's called Shape the Great. Like this, it. You know what I'm saying? Your boy Shape. But this is going to be episode two of my podcast, and I'm going to name this The Party in Vegas. Party in Vegas. Yes, sir. Now, um, Brother Chambers, before we dive in, you know, I'm going to give the people an update what we've been doing during quarantine. You know, we're still locked in the house, still trapped in. Um, we were we were supposed to be off April 30th. Mm. Mm. As you see, it is May the what the fourth? No, whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa, my whoa. goodness, we're just gonna be sorry, sorry, sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sir, it's not even May yet. You're wildin'. What? It's not May yet. Uh, bro, see this is this is what the quarantine does, bro. Cause I be thinking yeah. <laughs> it is. Hold on. No, because listen, 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 listen. It's April 27th. Listen, listen, it's April 20 what? 7th. It's April 27th. I think I have an May 4th is next Monday. Today's Monday. Mm-hmm. I think I have an assignment due today because that's my final assignment for school. So I'm already in the mindset like, yo, I want this to be over. I want school to be over. So my apologies. It's April 27th. Let's mm. so see the update. I mean, man, man, I just, I really just been chilling, of course, playing the game a little bit, uh, you know, reading my Bible, doing my work. Uh, I actually ordered some stuff. Actually, I went to Walmart, ordered some, um, ordered some resistance bands, and I got me a mat, man. I'm just, I'm a big workaholic, so no equipment, but you got to innovate any, any way you can, you know, and, you know, nothing, nothing out of the usual, so with you, though. Um, I've been grinding Netflix. Um, I went on a serious music, like new music grind this weekend. Um, I went, I went back through the uh, divisions catalog. I um, what's I, I listened to all the uh, Griselda dudes, all the, those dudes, listen to all of them, like Benny the Butcher, Conway, Westside Gun. Um, what else I listened to this weekend? The New Young Boy Project. Um and oh K Camp. You know that that kid's fire was fire. People K Camp is slept on bro, but he used to be big when we were like like sophomores in high school. Like he used to be big. Yeah, that um that slum anthem was different. At the basketball game, that was different. Yo, slow answer used to be crazy. Yo, what do you think? Yes, sir. Yeah. It used to be dumb, bro. Bro, it's different. <laughs> um, besides that, just, you know, lifting every once in a while, you know. Yeah, I see you getting your little bench press. You know, we, we finally found the rest of the weight, so I can add weight and stuff, so it's a beautiful thing. Keep getting that working. Yes, sir. Now... Start off this recap of episodes three and four of the Last Dance Doc. Uh, we're gonna touch on what the doc touched on, Mr. Dennis Rodman himself. Um, Dennis plays a big part because he's a part of the Bad Boys Pistons and a part of the three P, the second three P of the Bulls. So, Nate, what was your first reaction to everything we learned about Dennis? I mean, he he literally transformed into this 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 quiet country boy, as they said, into very, very different back then. Now it's kind of, we kind of accept, we kind of accept different. And I want to use it. I want to use a comparison like Young Thug. If y'all know Young Thug, he's a, he's a, a high artist in the industry. He's kind of an OG to some of these new up and coming guys. But Young Thug, man, Young Thug is the guy who wears makeup, dresses, all that, just because that's his style and that's how he want to brand himself. And Back then, Dennis Rodman was one of them guys who wore makeup, wore dresses, wore hair because that's what he felt comfortable doing. And he didn't really care about any anything anybody said about him, man. And like, hey, that's that's him. Do him, man. But, you know, I heard all the rumors about that, but I was really surprised at his accolades. Mm-hmm. At his accolades, really. I mean, 
seven years, he led the league in rebounding. Your highest average is 18 rebounds at 6'7". That's wild. Defensive player of the year twice. He's one of those players that is one of those new guys that your team, that a great team needs. A great team always has that one guy who scraps for every loose ball, who communicates on defense, who just knows what to do uh, with the best player on on most teams. And that's just that's just a guy you need on great teams, man. Like, you know, everybody has to play their role, but I feel like that's really one of the biggest roles on a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I really took from you know, Dennis Rodman. I like that point about him being like a country boy turned like, essentially like mega pop star, essentially. Um, if you if you really think about it, he was never the best player on any of the teams he was like, was on. Because he played with the bad boys and Isaiah was clearly the best player. Then he went to the Spurs. That's prime David Robinson over there. You're not better than him. And then you come to the Bulls, you're the third wheel over there too. So for him to like build you would think because he's never the star, he would never develop to what he became. But like he still became like an icon with the dressing and the piercing, the tattoos, and all types of stuff. So it was really interesting to see how, even being like third leg in the prime of the Bulls, you're still one of the biggest stars in basketball in the world. To be honest with you, it's definitely uh, overlooked, man. And it, it, his impact for both teams. I mean, he played with the Spurs for a short period of time, but for the for the second run for the Bulls and for the Pistons, man, he played probably the, you know the biggest the biggest part. I mean, you can't can't have a great team with without players like Dennis Rodman, man. And there's nobody in the league like we can compare him to now, like mm-hmm. who who acts like that, who acts sporadic like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's just out of his world, bro. The dude just goes out. Chicks, parties, everything, come back, work hard in the gym. Like, and nobody's doing that now. Like, nobody's doing that. I mean, it's, it's guys going out and partying, but like, the dude, the dude was the, the he led the league in rebounds for, for seven years. Yeah. For seven years. It's just like you wanted, you wanted more at that. You just wanted more. You know what I'm saying? You just yeah. wanted more. How you, um, especially how you but, touched on, like, he just dove head first for the ball at all times. Bro, I've never seen <laughs> I mean you see guys die for the ball. You see guys die for loose balls, but we're talking about a guy who was excited to dive head first, like actually dive, like you're diving into a swimming pool head first. The dude would get a rebound, taunt, smile, just just show off for the cameras after he got a rebound. It's like after you dunk on somebody and you taunting, you yelling. But this dude did it after he got a rebound. So he really took pride in that man. And I respect it, man. Like you know what I'm saying? If you, if you, it just shows like when you really focus on one thing, um, you can be great. Yeah. The dude went to the Hall of Fame by just being a great rebounder. I mean, he was a good defender. He was a great defender, but like a great rebounder. He focused on that and he went to the Hall of Fame. That was his best, his best attribute. Yeah, but on that, what I found was funny, like when he would get a rebound, just like throw a flashy to the point guard that's standing right next to him. Like, like what they brought your. <laughs> Or um, it wasn't called the story. Yeah, story when he was like he told his unnecessary friends, saves. Yes, when he went to the um, he said he went to the gym with his friends. Just mm-hmm. told him, everybody shoot, and he's gonna look at the rim and just see where it bounces off. Okay, it bounces there, it's gonna be there. But that's that's dedication. That's different, man. That's dedication. Like that just shows like if you really focus on one thing, like you don't focus on a lot of different things. Like you really break down that your one weakness or something that you want to get better at, bro, it's, it just shows, like, you really can be great at something, man. You can be great at something. But it, it was funny. Like, he just unnecessary, like, flashy saves. Like, yeah. that's crazy, bro. Right. Like, I'm not falling out of bounds and, like, throwing a flashy, bro. No. Um, what's my call? On that point about this, we talked about the partying a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, first of all, yeah. first of all, this man Dennis Rod- Devin Rodman, his roster of like women during that time is kind of crazy. Yeah, speak on the roster. Yeah, Shorty Carmen they was talking about on there. Uh, I don't know what she does, but but she was she was cool. She was, she looked good. Um, he had Madonna. She was popping. Yeah, he had Madonna, who was a mega star, and then he had Prime Tony Braxton, which is just. <laughs> Wow, I'm astonished. Guys, that like, man, 
he has some he has some he has some some gems can't even call them dimes like those are beautiful women who are also successful in what they did like yes no but we must talk about the legendary uh, Dennis you really that dude we gotta talk about the legendary Vegas vacation that in the middle of their last season together the Bulls in January Scottie Pippen came back and I guess he was so used to being like I guess the second guy with Mike that when he came back and he had to step back. He just needed a break. He didn't need a break. He had to get himself together. And they say you got 48 hours to go wherever you want and just come back. Now, we know he didn't go for 48 hours and that's it. We know that. It's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> he went to Vegas. His, his coach, his coach, man, him and his coach had this connection where he just, you know, Phil Jackson, they just had this connection and he let him go to Vegas. And it's just crazy because you won't be able to do that now. You know what I'm saying? You just won't be able to do that now. Like you gotta be, you gotta, like you gotta be somebody like LeBron James to do that now. And, you know, Dennis had that impact on the team, but he wasn't the face of the league, but he was filling in that number two spot for Scotty, like you said, but he, the, the impact that he has for the ball, Bulls is so big that Michael Jordan had to go get this man because Michael Jordan knew he wasn't going to stay. He said it in the dot, bro. He said, now, Phil, you know he's not going to stay uh-huh. for no two days. There's going to be more than that. There's going to be way more than that. And let's also talk about, you know, I know we make like little jokes about MJ, you know what I'm saying? Like last episode, like, uh, we were talking about how MJ got introduced to the drugs and the money and the women, his rookie year coming in, you know what I'm saying? And he's not, you know what I'm saying? He's telling us he's not doing that, you know what I'm saying? And we don't know what he's doing. Right. But, you know, at, at one point, at, we just know at a point in time, he he did get into that stuff. He, died well. he got into the gambling chicks, the smoke and all that. But you're telling me Michael Jordan mm-hmm. went to Vegas and didn't take a little break himself? No. Listen. <laughs> Come on, bro. You, like it. he's about he's about what five five championships in at that time right and you know mm-hmm. they know from the rip this is the last dance and you telling me you gotta go get Dennis Rodman who we know parties non-stop throughout the night you telling me the night you went to go get Dennis you didn't go out with him come on Mike come on Mike come on bro you telling me you got Dennis and came back you didn't take no stop at, at, at the blackjack table, man. <laughs> you didn't take no stop at the machines, at none of the machines, Mike. Oh. None of the machines, Mike. First of all, Mike, you, you acting like you can just go somewhere and nobody's going to follow you. Yeah. Come on. we seen the lines. So it's up. like you really said you just got in. You you said you just got in and out, bro. Like, it's no way any place you go, Mike, you're an icon. There's no way you're getting in and out of there. But you know what I'm saying? This is your documentary. We just like we, I just like making little jokes, like little teeny jokes about how wildin', bro. You know what I'm saying? He 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 likes to I don't know, I guess cover up shit or, or, or sugarcoat it a little bit, but whatever it is. Um we don't know for a fact, but Mike, we know you got involved in that. Mike, we, we know, know. at one point in your career. Here's you did. Also, and this was late in his career. Oh, this the last, this the last like year his no, bro. But also, um, what's his face? Um, Shorty Carmel. She said Michael Jordan knocked on the door and she hid. And you telling me, you telling me that he didn't know that she was in there, Shorty? Like, come on, like Mike knew. Dennis told him. Shorty, 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 dude with Dennis Rodman with the cameras on. There's no hiding. I'm like, what? What are you hiding from? Like, Mike knew. Dennis Price sure, told me. Shorty, if you was a real one, if you was a, yeah, if, if you was a real one, you would have been telling Dennis, okay, these two days is up. Let's let's go. You know what I'm saying? For sure. You know what I'm saying. Well, she said she knew nothing about the yeah. schedule. That's what she said. So. Oh, listen, man. oh, she knew nothing about the schedule? All right. Well, hey, it's on Dennis at the end of the day. But, hey, he, he got, Michael got him back. That just shows how how much of a brotherhood they had, and how much how much you know they really needed Dennis yeah. on that team. And um, what's McCall? When they were talking about the little um, Indian drill, 
And they talking about how like Dennis was still lapping them. Like, he was still low key in shape. Yeah. He took that vacation. Like it's crazy. Yeah, the I actually did that Indian drill a couple times in high school. Uh, T, I don't know if you ever did that. I think like, I T.O. would really make us do that. Like he would, he would have have us run the he would, yeah, bro. He would have us make us run with the bricks, and you would pass them back. And the last person who got the brick got to run to the front, and then it just start over. It's it that that drill that drill is 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 underrated. Like I feel like. That has to be implemented in, in a lot of sports. Really, you can do it in any sport, but that drill is really, It's a good drill for sure. Yeah, it's a killer. Now, um, as we we must we must transition to the guy who allowed him to go on this vacation, uh, Mr. Mr. Phil Jackson himself, who is a very unique character. Yeah, it's probably the best coach ever. Eleven rings, um, very unique character. There's not many. I don't know. If there's any other coach that would let a star go on vacation middle of the season? No, like you, you can't even be even the Pop and Timmy relationship on the Spurs. There's no way. Even though Tim Duncan isn't like this, there's no way unless it's a family emergency. You're not letting this one of you. Your stars go on. There's like, there's no way. But I mean, that's just the connection that he had with Dennis, I guess. Just let him go. But hey, man, Phil was that dude. And like, I was like, I was talking about in the last episode. Like, man, I, I show a little bit more Phil because and he brought us to TV and. It's easy for you to get caught up in the hype and become complacent. But he was really one of the main reasons. I mean, I know Mike was the one who demanded, you know what I'm saying, for them to follow his lead. But Phil, man, he really kept him in it, man. And he 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 made he made Michael probably the greatest player of all time. You know what I'm saying? That's he made Mike he made Michael an all around player at the end of the day. That's what he made him. It's very true. Um, cause um, like he told like when Mike came in, he changed the complete offense from Doug Collins like ISO type basketball to the triangle. Which, the ball to yeah, <laughs> to the um triangle, which I didn't know came from Tex Winter, the assistant. I thought Phil was the inventor yeah. of the triangle. Yeah, same, same. But it came from Tex Winter, who even Michael I heard over the years have like praised Tex Winter all the time. So I've heard that name before, but which um, you know what I found funny about Phil? His uh-huh. his journey to become the Bulls coach. This man, we knew he was a player for the Knicks, won championships. Said he took acid while he was a player, which is wild. Which which shows you what the league was back That's then. Crazy. I didn't know that. Yes, it's crazy. And then um, on his coaching journey, he went to Puerto Rico. Now. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> he was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> he said, like, cause like it was small towns, like they would be fighting, like they didn't like calls and stuff. He said one of the mayors of the town he was in, literally after a call, shot the ref in the leg. Like what? Just imagine people around you just have no morals to where the the leader of your town pulls out a blit and just starts firing. That's crazy. It's wild, bro. But it's then, never before seen. Yeah, no, it's wild. But then, um, he went from Puerto Rico to the CBA, where he won a championship, and then he got hired as the Bulls coach. But, which is, it was wild because Doug Collins went to the, uh, the Eastern Conference Championship the year before he got hired. Yeah. So not fired the next year. Yeah, so it was really, which was funny. His relationship with Jerry Krause is what got him the job, and we saw how that eventually panned out and like went downhill. Yeah, uh, I, I thought, uh, I know I made a comparison when we were talking earlier to uh, Doug Collins. I, I, you know, we only know the Doug Collins 
from this series. He was very energetic, one of those those players, you know, those player connection coaches, just strong relationship with the players. And those are the best coaches, man. Like coming from my experience, like you, you really have good memories with coaches who really uh, can relate to you, can pull you up, talk to you, but also instill confidence into you. And I made a comparison with him and Mark Jackson. As we know, that the Warriors became a, a crazy dynasty, and but Mark Jackson was the he was the he was the guy that, that put them together, like instilled confidence into them guys when they were young, and eventually got fired and you know got taken over by Steve Kerr and they they got over that hump and he took them to the next level. But Jerry Klaus just he just made good moves. Like I mean, Doug Collins was a great coach for Michael, but he wasn't a great coach for the team. Yeah. Very good move, very smart move. Um, now, before we before we transition to the hump that the Bulls had to get over, is there anything else you want to say about Mr. Phil Jackson? Yeah. Um, no, I mean Phil Jackson was just like like you said, man. He's like never before seen like crazy mind for the game. I mean, you do research on him, the dude is from Montana, like. We went to North Dakota, like you, Native Americans up there. He was out there in the mountains, and he loves Native American culture. Like he was really out there. You, you could, like, I don't like to make stereotypes, but like people from like out there in the mountains, in the mountain areas, man. Like those people are deep, man. And you, and you really gotta, you really gotta have a, a great mind for nature and and peace and, and focus. Because mm-hmm. you don't really have a lot of distractions in like, your city life, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. So man, Phil, man, Phil was a blessing to basketball, and um, greatest coach of all time. Yes, coach the greatest players. Mm-hmm. That's all. Now we must touch on the bad boy Pistons themselves. These were the mm-hmm. um, these are really the last people that beat the Michael Jordan Bulls in a series, to be honest. Well, I mean, Shaq and Penny did, but yeah. you know, nobody, everybody overlooks that, to be honest with you. So, where do we start? Let's start. Yeah, they give Jordan a pass because it was his year coming back. Yeah. So, let's start with the Jordan rules, which um, I appreciated the, um, the assistant coach for the Pistons breaking down, like, what it actually was. Like, I always thought yeah. it would just hit him as much as possible, but it would truly send him to the elbow, like send mm-hmm. him inside, cut off the baseline. If he posts up. It was up, a scheme. Yeah, it was a good it was a scheme. But um, the one part, which I commend Michael Jordan for, one of the rules was hit him before he takes off, which is wild to say. It's, it's deadly. Like, you know how high Michael gets up? And at that time, he was... Probably like two, he was like close to like 215, 210. You know what I'm saying? Dude be flying and hit him, hit him before he goes up or as he goes up. Like that's that's crazy. Yes. That's crazy, man. Like um when they said um one of the quotes to one of them said was like, Are you willing to get injured to score one bucket? Like, that's wild. <laughs> that's actually crazy, bro. Man, those dudes, man. They just wanted to show. They just wanted to show the lead. Like they didn't want to back down to anybody. And I mean, they they had really good skilled players. They had John Duncan and Bill Lambeer. I know I'm missing a few other names, but I mean, them guys, they were tough, man. And not only did they stop Michael from getting to the finals, his first, you know, his first three years going to the conference finals, but they competed with. The Larry Bird Boston Celtics and they competed with the Magic Johnson Lakers. And I, you know, we just recently did some research like, man, they were taking Boston to seven and then they, then they beat Boston and then they, then they, uh, they swept the Lakers mm-hmm. in the championship. Like, great teams, right? Like, we really don't talk enough about the bad boy Pistons, man, and the impact that they had, man. Of course, man, they was, they was playing football out on the basketball court, but, at the same time, man, uh, they they established like a little mini dynasty, bro, that we don't really talk about. Yeah, at all. Cause um, they didn't just win those two rings; like they won, they went just three straight like finals. It's not like they were a one-time team. Like this is they were 
good for multiple years. Like they weren't, they shouldn't be overlooked like some, like they are. Cause they, it skips from Larry to Magic to Michael all the time. You skip the Bad Boy Pistons all the time. Right. And I mean, they, like you, you know, you've got the big brother and the little brother. And I feel like, you know, MJ and them was the little brother to them. But, you know, the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas, man, they, you know what I'm saying? Jordan also has, you know, a very smart mind for the game. And he watched them even as he was, and he tried to figure out what he could do to get better. <clears throat> and he came back bigger and stronger, man. And that's one thing I, can, I commend Jordan for, man. He just, he, he was going to keep knocking on that door until it broke down. And, you know, you know, the Pistons eventually showed Jordan how to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, of course they had a coaching change, but like, you know what I'm saying? Even without a coaching change, they still lost to the Pistons. But it was it was it was the fact that Jordan led the charge, man. He got better. He was pushing everybody. You know, the documentary showed that how he was pushing guys to get into the weight room. You know what I mean like he 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 compared he compared years and he said the first year they were not just on our butt, man. They were you know said we were whining and complaining. And it's like if you whining and complaining, the refs ain't really gonna give you respect. But when you don't show a reaction to none of that and you keep hooping, that's the ultimate respect right there. So that final year, man. What they they wound up sweeping the Pistons, man, and yeah. and man Isaiah Thomas and them, man, they they dipped off the court early on them boys, yeah. man, and it, it was like a shock. I mean, the Jordan and them were dominant that year, but it was like a, it was like a shock to them, and they didn't accept it. And I, I know it's, it's still some um, it's still some grudges being held from that game because you no, know, you know how old heads are, man. They just <laughs> they just be holding grudges. Oh yeah, they gonna, they gonna hold on to it. <laughs> they sure. gonna hold on to it, but I mean, man, bro, like. Just to get over that hump, but just sweep them like it was different. Yeah, and those Pistons, that Pistons team couldn't accept it. So they, yeah. Um, talking about that growth, I even show like when like game four, they about to get swept. They like push Scotty. Dennis Robin pushed Scotty intensely to see what he would do, and Scotty just sat there, looked at him, got up, shot his free throws, kept it pushing. Handle your business, man. But the the best thing you can do when somebody tries to fight you, man. Um, unless you have to fight back, man, just don't even re- retaliate, man, because that that'll that'll get that team or person way more angry than if you retaliate. And it's better for you too. It it, it was better for the Bulls at that time because it just showed how mature they were. Even though they were a young team, it just showed how mature they were at that mm-hmm. time. Um. Also, also like the walk off, like you said, came came because even Isaiah Thomas said it. Like they felt. Okay, the Bulls are probably better than us at this point, but they didn't think they was getting swept better than them at that point. And so they was like, I mean, we don't really like them anyway. And they and they kind of did us dirty. I mean, we just going to get out of here while we can. Literally. <laughs> uh, Back then, it had nothing to do with sportsmanship. It was just if you lost, you, you got out of there. And that's what Isaiah said. He said, if you lost, you left the court, man. Um, of course you, you know, of course you gonna have some shame, but it's just like dudes, dudes didn't, dudes didn't like losing that much. <clears throat> dudes didn't like losing that much, and you can, you can tell the difference between our generation where um, it's just different, man. Like you know, we back then they were they were fighting for a little bit more, you know, what I'm saying mentally. And now we, you know, we're it's, but. I mean, we we hate losing, but it's it's okay, and we kind of accept it. But it just it's just with the time we're in. I don't think it's bad for for basketball because you know what I'm saying so much has changed from back then to now. You know what I'm saying free agency. You know what I'm saying guys you know place to play social media. So like mm-hmm. that plays in the into why you know what I'm saying losing isn't taken more serious than when it was back then. Yeah, I mean it's definitely an era difference which is which is fine like it can be different and still have good basketball but um you know I, what i found funny about what was said was um when it was like uh labor and the Celtics did the same thing to us like i don't know why y'all expect somebody to criticize labor like i don't know why you expected that it was the golden boy <laughs> yeah like nobody's gonna say anything about what larry did like yeah literally like you don't like we we talk about larry uh, positively only. Like, yeah. The media talks about Larry positively only, not about when he lost. We talk about his three point contest. We talk about how he used to talk dirty, how he used to how he used to hoop, how, he, how what type of player he was, and we don't 
I mean, I know, you know what I'm saying, the, the camera, you know, the cameras weren't like they were even in the 90s, you know, in the media and the, and the paper wasn't even like they were you know, 20 years after Larry was playing. But, man, we, we got we to gotta start opening up and telling the truth about what's really going on here. And and to the next topic, you know what I'm saying, that you got a big, uh, you know what I'm saying, say on is about what happened in that 91 championship game with, you know, I didn't know it was I didn't know it was like okay Jordan passed the ball to Pax and finally Jordan finally recognizes he has a team but we know the backstory and I mean I feel like you can go ahead and say it was crazy you know that's a great transition Nate you know because you know through the first four episodes I've come to realize these old heads, they've been holding back some information from us. To, I mean, Mike is great, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they've been holding back some information to make him seem greater. You feel me? And when I seen mm-hmm. game five, they, they beat the Lakers in five, which is crazy. They swept the Pistons, beat Magic the Lakers by five. Yeah. Dominant. Dominant run. <sighs> game five, fourth quarter, 80 to 80. Phil Jackson goes in the huddle, he's demanding. Mike, you gotta pass the ball. You gotta pass the ball. Doubling you, Paxson's wide open. That's that's great coaching. That's 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 an example of Phil changing who Michael Jordan is right there in that that's moment. Really good coaching. So they come down. Mike drives two two three people. Throw to Paxson. He hits it. So after he, after that happens, I'm thinking the rest of the story is they stop collapsing on Mike. He went off for the rest of the fourth quarter. Oh no no no! Michael Jordan himself said. Oh no, Paxson, I kept giving it to him. He kept hitting and kept hitting and kept hitting. I said, wait, 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 wait. So in the clutch, when it matters most, Michael Jordan passed with <laughs> teammates? I would have never thought. I would have I would have never thought. Cause, Cause now if you pass it in the fourth, you get killed. Cause cause Mike and Kobe and all them never did it. But I just saw him do it. Yeah. And it was just like they they made it like most people who see Michael play they make it seem like oh he passed it to his guys for a big shot. Well, no, in, in the triangle offense that that Phil Jackson introduced, Michael was swinging that rock. Mm-hmm. And we know Michael was of, of of course the reason the main reason why they won. But in the clutch, I, I mean, I've always been told Michael hasn't passed. <laughs> no, literally, <laughs> just, that's just what I, what I've been told. Um, and. It took for a coach for Michael to make the right play. It didn't take for him because, you know, his killer instinct, you know what I'm saying, makes him want to shoot the last shot every time. Mm-hmm. But comparing it to now, LeBron James, who's probably, who's definitely the best player in our generation, gets killed for making the right play because he has to be like Jordan. Right. And it just simply doesn't make sense because it's just like they're two different, they're two different type of players. Mm-hmm. Why does he have to have this killer instinct because Jordan won, why can't LeBron win his own way? Why can't we respect that? It's, it's too like it's too like right for us now to to see the difference in in the mental. So we call it we call LeBron weak when it's it's just smarter. It's just simply the right play. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And we're not even going to get into all the the percentages of him shooting in the fourth. But I just know LeBron has hit a lot of game winners. He has. You know what right. I'm saying? He's hit a lot of game winners. But Regardless, man, um, I, I didn't know Jordan was sharing the ball in the clutch. And yeah. That's just something that you or me didn't really know. We just thought Jordan always shot it. Facts. Um, and even like, even like, like we said, like, that's the one thing that I told you gets me. Like, we just looked at the stats. Mike's first seven, eight years might be unmatched. Like, he's averaging 37, 13% from three. Like, that's crazy. But like, <laughs> But like for you, nobody else is doing that. Well. I'm saying, but like for you to tell me he's better because of his mindset when they're both when they're both dominating their era doesn't make sense to me. And and it's if we're talking about mindset, LeBron has the better mindset for the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Of course, Jordan had that. And go get it by any means necessary. He never showed when he could crumble. And, and LeBron did, unfortunately. Um, also, that's also due to how we, you know, show things on TV. And, you know what I'm saying? Because there's, there's times where Jordan probably, you know, crumbled. 
You know what I'm saying? But we we probably they probably you know what I'm saying they don't have as much oh, as they do now. And Miss Frito and that Detroit series. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So free throw. Um but I mean I'm not like look, I'm not that type of person to just be like picking on every little thing that Michael did. He was a free throw. You know, the dude still shot eighty five percent from the line. Like yeah. he still shot eighty five percent. Of course, LeBron is not as good as a free throw shooter, but I can tell you one thing: LeBron makes the right play almost every single time, mm-hmm. every single time. And for to compare their first six, seven years in the league together, you know, what I'm saying Michael has many points and has him maybe in some slightly defensively, but LeBron, like I said, the first of LeBron came straight in, knowing that basketball is a team game and that for him to win, he has to involve everybody. Mm-hmm. Michael didn't get past the first round. For, for like they didn't win a playoff game for like two, three years straight. Yeah, they got swept every like yeah. Like LeBron's first playoff series, they won. They they won the series. Mm-hmm. His first playoff series, they won. You know what I'm saying? Like wins in a finals, they do matter, and that's 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 the end all be all. But we can't we can't just not care about winning in the playoffs. Period. Why, like you know what I'm saying? We can't just not worry about winning. LeBron has won. A lot in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but in the finals, no. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's just it. Into like this um, notion that um, that I just had in my head. Oh, oh, this notion that there's not a debate at all is being uh-huh. being disproven by Jordan stands every time Mike is shown doing something great. You bring up LeBron's name. Like clearly, it's a debate even in your head if you have to reference LeBron after we're watching the doc. Like for and for the you know what I'm saying for big respected and like me and you respect these, you know, these journalists, these these broadcasters like guys like Rob Parker and Skip Bayless, for example, uh, you know, great, great guys, you know what I'm saying, great guys, but seem to have a problem with LeBron. And I don't know if it's because of how the media portray them or how they stack them up against Jordan. But for some reason, they it's like they can't give him credit at all. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what he does. It's always like, okay, well, he did this. You know what I'm saying? He, well, of course, he should be able to do it with all these players. But, you know what I'm saying? Basketball is a team game. And if we're talking about a Jordan documentary, why bring up LeBron? Every time, every time this documentary is shown, somebody's bringing up LeBron. Yeah. There's no debate. Like you said, there's really no debate. Come on, bro. We, we, we can't. We can't. And the media didn't just create this debate. LeBron created it. LeBron really created this debate, bro. He has three championships in his, in his law of six, but he went to eight straight. He's a walking dynasty himself. Yes, fact. <laughs> like, come on, bro. It doesn't make sense. But... Okay. It'll be, a, it'll be an endless debate. Are you, are you prepared for you know my segments of the day feel me absolutely we have we have song of the day and as you know i always think people wake up with a song in their head um but this i have to i was i went on like a nice music journey you feel me mm-hmm. uh, eventually i'm gonna go back and like i really want to go back and listen to like 90s music eventually during this quarantine because mm-hmm. i've never dove into people like i've never mm-hmm. listened to like I've never listened to like Nas or like none of like them, like those people that like Nas is dope. He's grown on me. The people who are like the God tier yeah. rappers, like Wu Tang. I've never listened to Wu Tang, like none of them. Like I haven't even. Yeah, I need to dive into those. But for me, the song of the day, the division, I went back. I listened to their new album, which was fire. I went back and listened to their last two. And this song Keep Calm on what album was this more than after? Fire. It's just fire doing their thing. So that's my song of the day. How about you, sir? Um, my song of the day is something that just dropped. Uh it's an artist named Smino. And Smino Oh I heard you probably, you probably, yeah, heard you probably know Smino. Yeah, his his all his all his tracks that he put out are nice. Like he's like he's he can, he's versatile. He's he he can sing, but he can really rap. Like he can really rap and like go into detail while he's rapping, but he he's, um, he got introduced by J. Cole on Dream Chasers, um, on the Dream Chasers album. Um, uh, not Dream Chasers, what is it? Dream Revenge Bell. of the... Dream Revenge Bell. of the... Uh, what is it? Revenge of the Dream Bell. I'm thinking of me. Uh, mm-hmm. the Dream Bell. Three. Uh, he was introduced by, by J. Cole. But the dude from rapping, the song name was Tempo. 
Um, it's just a single, a nice little single, nice little two-minute single. Uh, I had it stuck in my head for the past couple of days, but yeah, definitely, definitely need to start getting into um, some some oldies, the goodies, man, like mm-hmm. like the, the old school rap, like the West Coast rap, and like even like some seventies and eighties, because like um, you know my you know my dad, you know, what I'm saying OG, so he got some good songs around the day, man. He got some good songs, his tapes, man. I really like that, so huh? definitely a good time to take some knowledge. I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. um also, I, I wish my, I will, um, from that little baby face and Teddy Riley IG live thing, somebody, yeah. somebody made like a, a playlist album. I like bookmarked it on Twitter. So I'm gonna go through that. Cause like some of like the old R&B that I like was just, we, we were probably yeah. made to low key. I need to listen to, so. Okay, okay. You might gotta send that to me too. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. We have questions of the day. We have two. Okay. And this first one came up because, as you know, we're from Baltimore, and you said your pops used to go to games when the Bullets was here. Now, could you imagine, yeah. like, today's era if Baltimore still had a basketball team? Huh. Man, um, yeah, man, my pops, my pops used to watch uh, the Baltimore Bullets back in the '60s, '70s before they became Washington, before I went to D.C. <clears throat> he said, hey, man, he used to go to a lot of the games, man, even if it was by himself. And I can just see myself, like, I mean, of course, you know, I would go to Charlotte and my homies, you won't. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine it being, like, Baltimore is, I, feel, I guess people, some people say it's big, but it feels so small to me. Like, when you go downtown, Mm-hmm. And you see, like, the Ravens and the Orioles, it feels like squished. Like, they're right next to each other, yeah. It feels so, like squished. Like, it's like, where would, a ball, where would like, a basketball team fit? And I feel like, man, it would be, it would be chaos, man. It would be chaos because basketball, basketball would probably be for sure. I mean, now that our Ravens are, now that the Baltimore Ravens are good, I mean, of course, yeah, you know the Baltimore, the, the Orioles, the Orioles—they get no love. Um, they haven't been good in years, but I yeah. feel like man, basketball, basketball atmosphere, that arena atmosphere is so different, man. You throw some celebrities in there from Baltimore, man, it would, it would, it would attract some big crowds for sure. Yeah, but um, my thing is like we see how big like Baltimore high school games can get, like when we had like a star. Yeah. So like. And then plus, like from from Baltimore, being from Baltimore, like we branch out. Like me and you are fans of players, right? Not teams. So like, imagine we had a home yeah. team. To like, like Baltimore, like Twitter. If we had like a dynasty, are you serious? We'd be talking about cash, bro. We would be talking like, bro. You don't even understand, like Ravens fans, bro. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Ravens fans. <laughs> They're wild. Bro. Ravens fans are so wild, bro. Like they don't, they don't, they don't care how long they've been losing. You know what I'm saying? They don't care if they don't win a Super Bowl. They don't care if they win even a single playoff game. They don't. They're going to talk their cash, bro. They're going to talk their cash. And I ain't going to lie. If we had a team, I would be a fan automatically. Oh. And everybody would be a fan. Oh. And there would be a lighting going on down there. There'd be a lot of betting. I mean, every, oh. I feel like all the revenue would rev up down there, bro. If they yeah. had a basketball team. Like, yeah. like, uh, like the, the swagger that like a Baltimore dynasty would bring to the NBA would just be ridiculous. It'd be different. Could you you see what happened when the Ravens got Lamar and that type swagger? Yeah, he's the MVP. That's like bro, he's the MVP, but like it's football, so naturally like they wear helmets, you don't see everybody. No, yeah, no. you don't see nobody and you're not as close. Yes. Bro. bro. If we had some prod like okay, so let's let's just say we get like initiated into the NBA. We're like uh or expansion team. We're going to get, like, the first pick or whatever because they have to. We get we get some prodigy to Baltimore. Like, what? Like, this is a wrap, bro. This is a wrap, bro. <laughs> it would be crazy, bro. It be live. In the land of the dummies. <laughs> In the land of the dummies. <laughs> it be crazy. The land of the dummies. <laughs> it be crazy, yo. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Um, now this one, this topic, this question, I really, I really don't want to touch on because my team did really bad in this situation. 
but um, we yeah. must you must ask about your feelings toward the NFL draft. Um, oh man, you see, being a being a Packers fan, when I seen when I seen, <laughs> when, I, when I seen us trade up. I was like, okay, we probably gonna get. We need, we need, we need like a linebacker. Stop the run because we can't stop the run. Or another receiver would have been dope. But instead, mm-hmm. we picked a quarterback. We picked Jordan Love from Utah State. Now, not just any quarterback either. <laughs> right. So, mind you, mind you, I've been on quarantine, so I haven't really locked in like on like film and stuff towards the draft this year like I usually do. So, Where? I went to go watch his highlights. First, no, first, look up his stats. He played for Utah State, which is in the Mountain West, Nate, the Mountain West. He had 20 yep. touchdowns, 17 picks. Crazy. Then, I watched film, and, like, I will give him credit. He has good on-the-run throws. His feet always set. His mechanics look good. But, like, I watched like an interception reel and like his decision making is like god awful. Like like you ever you ever see a pick where like you throw they throw it and the dude underneath catches it, but like if it would have got past him, the dude over top would have got it too. Like I'm like, bro. <laughs> bro, I'm like, bro, this is and then <laughs> So you just can't read the defense, what you're Bro, and then it's like if the first read is not there, it was just, it was just, he was just running. He was just running for his life. It was. <sighs> how, how tall? How tall is Jordan Love? He's six four. He's big. He's mobile. I'll give him that. Oh dang! But um, and then what happened? And then the Packers, we drafted some power running back. Like we, yeah, had, I saw that. I was like, huh? We yeah, have he's two, like two sixty, bro. We <laughs> like, bro. What? We have I mean, two, like. Like first of all, you're a running back at two sixty, but that's you should you should need to move to to, to fullback, bro. At that point, yes, bro. That's huge. We have two running backs already that we use, and then I also watch his film. Like, he doesn't like he doesn't lower his shoulder. That's one of the best running backs in the league, bro. He, Jones. He's two sixty and doesn't lower. He went straight up. Oh yeah, that's this OB for him. Um, and our third round pick was a tight end, but it also says tight end slash fullback. So we drafted a fullback basically in the third round. Like, bro, what is <sighs> That's crazy. He didn't draft a single receiver, which was needed. Was but the best and this was this draft was like really deep yeah. with receivers. Deep. Yes, bro. Yes. Now, I must ask you, how did you how did you feel about, you know, you know, your guy your Brady's your guy. So how did you feel about the Bucks draft? Let me let me ask you that. Yeah. Um Brady's Brady's my guy. I feel like um, I've been watching all their picks, and I just noticed that they really just um, they just they tried to stack up their line, and which is ideal because like they don't really need a lot of skill positions. They have a decent running back. They have a they have a good wide receiving core. Um, yes. And then of course the addition of Bronk was fine. So they drafted a, a guy, uh, I think a, a tackle, uh, a left tackle, or, or, um, or a right tackle. Uh, um, and really, that's just really the biggest thing that they need because, you know, we blame, you know, Jameis Winston for throwing 30 for 30. I mean, he threw 30, 30, 30. He threw 30 touchdowns, but he threw 30 picks. Like, that's, you know, 30 picks is insane, but like, oh my God. Yeah, that's- but like, we always, we always blame QBs for like, you know, not being able to read a defense or like getting the ball quick out of their hand. But if you don't have time, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have time, uh, that's that's another big factor that goes into it. And I feel like the Bucks needed to beef up their line. Uh, they also got a cornerback, um, and they need they need some they need some better DBs. They need to beef up that defense um, just a little bit more. But I mean, other than that, uh, the offense is is solid. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely solid. Um, I'm liking I'm liking Brady's weapons a lot. I'm liking his weapons a lot. Now it's just to see if that offense um, can adjust to Brady because that's really what it is. You know what I'm saying? You have to adjust to what the quarterback does. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Evans is a, is a deep threat, but can Brady still even throw that far? Yeah, that's... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, um, Chris Godwin, you know what I'm saying? He, he can pretty much do it all. Yeah. Um, 
I'm interested yeah, to see how Brady works in a Bruce Arians offense that's like typically for like deep threats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just gonna be different. Yeah. I will say my, my favorite pick out of that draft was probably CD Lamb. Oh, CD's a dog. CD's a dog, bro. I love CD. I love CD, and I, I love like people don't really like him as a quarterback, but I love Jalen Hurts, bro. You like Jalen? Hurts? something about Jalen Hurts. I just like Jalen Hurts, man. Like he's good on the run, um, passing. He has great mechanics, um, but he. People, people fought him for, what, three bad games where he couldn't read defenses. Mm. Um, and they they were against good competition, but at the same time, I just feel like Jalen, Jalen can have some success in the league. And you you called him Jason Hill 2.0, right? I think that I think that's a good yeah. comparison because my, um, he's a do-it-all athlete. He's an athlete, yeah. pretty much. My, um, my only thing with him is, like, yeah, you had a, you had a great year at Oklahoma. But like mm-hmm. I saw you Alabama and you were like struggling to play quarterback. Like I so I saw you struggling to play quarterback at Alabama. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing about I don't think I disliked about him. But mm-hmm. he had a great year, Oklahoma. I give him that. Mm-hmm. Bro, I have to realize yeah. I have like two, maybe three years left with Aaron, bro. It's sad, bro. It's really sad. You think they're gonna get him out of there? Yeah, because if you look at his contract. He has like four years left, but like after year like three, you can like get off of it without like hurting your salary cap a lot. So, and this is it's been it's really been a minute since I had like a solid like running back. Like he he's low key like solid too. Like he's nice. Like Aaron Jones is nice. Yeah, he's a touch he's a touchdown machine. So I don't I don't know yeah. what we're gonna look like next year, but I hope it's as long as we in the playoffs. So I give Aaron a shot to take this all the way. Y'all, y'all, y'all winning 10 plus. I mean, every year y'all winning 10 plus. Yeah, long Larry. That's, that's just a definite. Yeah. Wow. Nathaniel Chambers, we have come to the end of episode two of our collab, you know, joint project here. Sir. Um, you have anything else to say to the people or. I like this one. Skedaddle. Um, just, man, just a little bit of motivation, man. Like, I know in quarantine, like, we, it's so easy to, like, sit there and overthink things that you're not doing or want to do, but, bro, just simply don't think about it and just get up and do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just get up and do it. You got all the time in the world to build your relationships, to start start something new, get on a grind. Um, just do it, man, and, and, and don't think about it, man, because, like, time, you know what I'm saying, time is not waiting. But I just, you know what I'm saying, everybody stay blessed, stay safe out there. And um, look forward to the next episode with you, bro.